So first you had the web, you know, retail channel, then the wholesale channel, then the franchise and affiliate. And then you have social media, which was huge, and now the influencer. But now you have these new channels such as the metaverse, right? Different VR experiences for things we can't do in real life that connect people no matter where they are. I think that's amazing. It's a new channel to explore this in. You know, I think that's really an interesting part. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. The world of Web3 has seen some interesting shifts, especially in the retail industry. Back in 2022, we had several episodes about the rise of NFTs, digital collectibles, and the metaverse, and they performed very well. And then it seems like when the new year hit, conversations started to shift a little. Now we're in the age of the metaverse and whether brands should really invest in digital worlds, virtual experiences, and of course, the good old NFT. Well, I won't get into my opinion in this show today, but I think it would be helpful if you heard from Chris Silver. Now, he is a seasoned retail executive working for brands like Mac Cosmetics and David Yurman. And basically, his bread and butter is connecting customer experience and loyalty creation to digital tech investments. That's what inspired him to co-found Bamboo Meta. And Chris is sitting at this very interesting intersection of Web3, Web2, and loyalty. And he makes a very powerful case for NFTs and how they support the broader loyalty mission for brands and retailers. Now, Chris has an incredible background, incredible insights and incredible passion for this space. And I know that in some of his previous conversations with folks, he has truly turned skeptics into believers. Listen in because he and I really enjoyed digging into some of the nuances, some of the trends, and some of the considerations for all of those folks that are a bit weary to embrace this new world of Web3. Listen in and you'll find out what I mean. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show. It's great to sit down with you again. Alicia, thank you so much again for inviting me to even do this. This is amazing, and I love chatting with you on all of this. Yeah, and and honestly, we really vibed when we sat down to do a panel together at the D2 Summit in New York City, and you shared so many lessons, so many great insights around Web3 and loyalty and how it's all coming together. So I thought it would be good for the pod. First off, how fun was that event? It was really fun. We had us, we had La Liga, Yep. Up there, we were chatting all these new customer journeys. The audience was amazing. It was such a really, I think, intimate setting that yep. everyone got time to kind of chat with everybody. So I really had a good time kind of getting to know you and everybody really well at that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I may be a little bit biased because they are an Emerald brand like we are, but I think there's really a unique opportunity for people to 
connect and collaborate and just like have open discussions around Web3 in yeah. particular because it's such a new space. Everyone's curious about it. Yeah. And right? they want to like what can it do? understand. No one's an expert. Everybody's still learning. Yeah. And I think that's the coolest part is yeah. that it means something else to everybody because it's culture, it's brand voice, it's DNA. I'm not blowing smoke or anything, but I think what you bring to the table is obviously like the tech knowledge and, you know, you have this great solution out in the market, which we'll get to, but I think why your perspectives are so helpful and enlightening is because of your roots in retail, right? Like that's your, you have lived and breathed it for so long. You know what's in the mindset of executives. The folks listening, give them a rundown of your, your history and retail and in retail tech specifically, because I think it serves as helpful context for like how you think about Web3 and the new opportunities available. First off, you're too incredibly kind for all those nice <laughs> words. I think I'm a curious person by nature. But in general, my, my whole history and career, I've been incredibly fortunate to work for iconic brands and help them tell their story. I think that's what I find passionate about. That's what I love doing every day. It's why it doesn't feel like work. It's, it's something that's nostalgic. You can touch it. You can feel it. People have a relationship with it. The brands that I work for, they're amazing, iconic American brands, but nationally and globally known. So I ran global retail and international for Urban Outfitters. So I was lucky enough to work with some amazing folks there, amazing store associates globally, uh, do a lot of different customer journeys, touch between Urban Outfitters and anthropology and free people and terrain and beholden. And it's such a diverse kind of customer base. That's where I really fell more and more in love with retail in general and the storytelling because the people there actually cared about the perception. And you realize that it's not just tech for tech, it's tech for a story. Yeah. After there, I went to Mac Cosmetics and Estee Lauder, where I was CIO of the Mac brand. And amazing people there, completely different story. You have products that there's a thousand different ways to apply it. And think about the learning for the associates, the way you can inspire them to help tell the story with their own customers and their own clients and to discover new things. So that's really amazing there. And then I was a CIO of David Yerman, where I did their digital transformation and really helped the folks there. But it's such an iconic brand, founder-led. I mean, everybody has a nostalgic connection to David Yerman. They either yeah. got their first piece of jewelry there from their graduation, passed down from their mom. That's where I got some. It's really amazing. It's really amazing. So I've been very lucky to kind of do a lot of the projects that bring the brands closer to the customer. So between loyalty, between Omni, all the retail, I fell in love with retail. Yeah. You know, the store associate experience. You know, I was very, very fortunate. Yeah, and those are three brands that have a very specific story to tell or a very specific vision, I guess, they want to set forth to the customer and inspire the customer through those different touch points. So I guess the big question there is, how do you get from helping shape and, and build these experiences out for retail brands where there's like established heritage, established connections with consumers to something like Web3, which is so new, a little bit fragmented. Yeah. People are still defining it differently, yeah. which is kind of the nature of the beast, I guess. So like, how did you make that transition? What inspired you to do that? I mean, to tell you the truth, my entire career, we deal with challenges around the perfect customer journey, right? Telling that brand story across multiple dimensions of customers that wanna really relate to the brand, relate to the culture. There's challenges in our way to do it today, right? We have legal challenges, there's experience challenges, there's technology challenges, there's customer service challenges, there's orchestration in the store, right? And all these add multiple bottlenecks and issues to bringing the customer closer to that perfect story right. that the brand wants to tell. I discovered Web3 because it solves 
a lot of the core challenges that were in the nature, in the way of providing that amazing story to these customers, such as consumer data privacy challenges, yep. opt-in and constraints of messaging the customer, overused channels such as email and text message that are highly regulated and highly fraudulent, mm -hmm. but also the data gaps and visibility that help the brands really build that story and that connected story of what 80% of the customers want today, which is that connected experience that luxury experience, that experience that brings them closer. And because Web2 and all existing systems today have the challenge of the individual brand owning the data that no one wants to share outside of, the value that Web3 brings is high personalization, the ownership, the customer data privacy because the customer owns their own data. They own their own ability to personalize their experience. Now the brands can provide value, they can provide experience, they can provide appreciation for relationships, not only on their own properties, such as, yes, in a store, but also online, but across anywhere in real life. I think that's what the most fascinating thing is. Yeah, so that inspiration and that excitement around the opportunity, how did that translate into the value prop or the vision for Bamboo Meta? Like, tell everyone listening, like, what area of Web3 you guys play in and, like, how you contribute to the broader progression of that mm -hmm. sector that is growing so fast. So in general, retail is a very small industry. Everybody knows everybody. Oh yeah. And yeah, <laughs> oh completely. I mean, just walking around, you get hugged, you know, yeah. kind of randomly, you see your friends and family, basically. I've been very fortunate to realize early in my career, relationships are everything. I think it's your friends that really help you along. It's your friends that really help build this. And I found more passionate people in retail than really anywhere else. And because you have this shared love, this shared passion, I've stayed friends with a lot of different people. The absolute genius behind this technology that I've stayed friends with is Will Escluza. Mm -hmm. So he is the founder and creator of this technology. Earlier this year, he showed me, not this year, I guess last year, yeah. uh, he showed me what this technology can do. I asked him a bunch of questions and he's like, look, I have a hammer, we're looking for the nail. Mm -hmm. He goes, that's really amazingly interesting. And Will's got an amazing history in retail. He was part of the original go-to-market team for Sterling Order Commerce mm -hmm. that brought omni-channel modern retail to the world. Right. So what he did for that, he was revolutionizing this Web3 technology of every issue that I had with it. Customer experience, the flow, the basically the bottlenecks that Web3 was offering where people were only just buying and selling it. Right. But he opened up this whole new world to it where it enhances and enriches a customer's experience, but also builds that brand closer. And it's stuff I've been trying to do for the last 10 years in my career. Stuff we tried to do at Mac, but couldn't. Stuff yeah. we tried to do everywhere else, but couldn't. Mm -hmm. So he opened my eyes to it, and it's just amazing. Applying the retail and that customer journey story is the amazing part of this tech as well, because it allows brands to fully tell that brand story, no matter where the customer is. I think that's the biggest unlock for this. Okay, so let's dig a little bit deeper into that unlock opportunity because I'm sure a lot of folks, as they dig into different Web3 examples or even different spaces where Web3 is present, like we can get into like the different ways Web3 mm -hmm. is applied, right? Like it's like gaming platforms, it's NFTs, it's other things. So can you kind of share your perspective on how Web3 is, trickling into retail, like the different examples that maybe resonate mm -hmm. with you or you think are really rising to the top yeah. right now and how that's supporting broader progression of the yeah. market. Because I, I think it's interesting because there are such 
significant and specific beliefs of like, what is Web3 and like, what isn't? So, I mean, what's your take on the different applications in the market right now? So first, I love this, right? Because there's really no definitions on this stuff. Right. You say Web3, it's a catch-all for mm-hmm. like everything, right? It could be a catch-all for identity and security. It's a catch-all for anything virtual now or metaverse. Right. It's a catch-all for anything that's immersive or a creative or a graphic kind of experience with it. And it's the digital and it's different things. How I see it is Web3 is a new methodology that gives the customer the power. I think it, it gets exposed in a few different ways. I think metaverse and AR, that's one new channel for us which is the gaming aspect of it. Right. I think the other piece is the value behind the technology itself. So it's a new infrastructure, it's a new capability, it's a new value so that marketers and digital teams can actually use this tech to engage their consumers throughout. Right. And I do think it's about personalization. I think it's about identity. I think it's about the customer protecting themselves, but allowing the brand to personalize what they care about most. Right. Because of the nature of it. We went through chip and pin with tokenization of the credit card. I think this is the next step that we need in the evolution of it to really highly personalize a customer's discovery, a customer's engagement, a customer's experiences with the brands that they love without fear of giving too much data around and their data being everywhere. This is where brands are actually opting into the customer. So I think it shows up in different fashions and that's what I love. Everybody is trying to figure this out. It's the same thing we went through when we were, you know, first bringing around the internet and social media and all the different iterations there. And the only difference is that we're actually learning and innovating and changing so frequently. Look, 2022 was insane. The amount of different iterations that people are learning and applying to this tech just astronomically faster than everything else. It's really fascinating. Yeah, and like ownership plays a role too in this discussion around like the benefits, right? Like so like NFTs, digital goods, like that's something that the, the person owns and it's trackable, right? Like you can kind of see like the whole history of yeah, it the gives good. it gives different ownership, but also that opens up things that people care about today. So in the beauty right. business, it's the care and contents, right? It's what's mm-hmm. in my makeup. It's the traceability. Is this authentic? You know, where has it come from? Is it really that product? And that goes into jewelry. That goes into high end items. That's amazing. That this is it's solidified. So there's that proof of the authenticity, the transparency, the visibility that's guaranteed. And I think that's something we've always been looking for. There's always that seal of approval. I think this adds a whole nother dimension to it as well when you bring around the loyalty aspect of it. You know, yes, there's the uniqueness of this is artwork, you know, that there's a unique item. There's also the ability that this is my value with a brand. And that's where we feel that this really comes into play because of the loyalty aspect of it, that brands can now provide value outside of just transactions. Right. It's experiential. It's where the customer goes because there's no need for a database with the brand. The customer brings their own and enriches their own experience. And I think that's where the creator economy comes in. Mm. That's where all these different things get empowered on the consumer. And finally, the consumer is taking charge not only of their intellectual property in terms of this is a art form or a item or an asset, but also their experience, their identity as they engage with different brands. It's their value. Right. I think that means a lot of different things to different brands, and that's the most interesting part. Yeah, the identity piece is really interesting, especially because it can extend across all of those different things, whether it's like gaming, how you yeah. dress your avatars, and then you can purchase the digital twin yeah. of like the apparel in that avatar, and then you get the I physical mean, it's, version. It's completely fascinating. Like, yeah. look how like different channels, I'll say, emerge, yeah. right? So first you had the web, you know, retail channel, then the wholesale channel, then the franchise and affiliate. And then you have social media, which was huge, and now the influencer. But now you have these new channels such as the metaverse, 
mm-hmm. right? Different VR experiences for things we can't do in real life that connect people no matter where they are. I think that's amazing. It's a new channel to explore this in. You know, I think that's really an interesting part. Yeah, that community-driven angle is definitely something to watch. So let's dig into an example of like how the Bamboo Meta value prop or experience comes to life. Like it could be a hypothetical scenario or an actual scenario or example, because I think that'll help bring the theory and the concepts that we're talking about right now probably into a, a greater level of depth and detail so people understand how it goes from like theory to like reality. Yeah. So we open up a new sense of loyalty. We open up multi-dimensional loyalty or a composable loyalty. This allows a customer to engage with a brand and a brand to engage with a customer holistically in real life, in the metaverse, anywhere because of what we bring to it. It allows collaboration, not just on product, but collaboration of loyalty earning and rewarding and redeeming between partner brands. This opens up a whole new way of experience and engagement for customers. I think that's the most amazing part. There's a lot of bottlenecks currently. I think a lot of people talk about the benefits of Web3, but there's a lot of bottlenecks. Everything's done usually in third parties. So you have a third party wallet, right? That's now a very difficult process to download. There's a crypto wallet that you have to get to get a wallet, Mm -hmm. right? Which wallet to get? There's a thousand different wallets. It's a 35. Like MetaMask, right? MetaMask, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a thousand different ones, by the way, depending on which of the thousand blockchains that you go to, right? From a retail perspective where two clicks is one too many, or even Mm -hmm. one click is one too many. This is not the brand voice. This is not the DNA. Also customer service, right? You just did a whole execution and there's an issue with something, who's the user going to call? Because they own it, there's no way to service them, right? That's a challenge, right? I think the experience of how this is done, it's always an offshoot of the brand's website or an offshoot of this. You know, there's a lot of different challenges that come to mind. So we are actually ahead of everybody in the industry with going to this. I think we're about 24 months ahead from the technology standpoint. From what we've heard from other Web3 folks, from blockchains and from everyone else, what we're doing is kind of amazing. We make the customer journey as simple as possible. So we own a U.S. patent for integrating Web3 and your NFT into the native Google and Apple wallet. Mm. So for a customer, if you've ever installed like a flight ticket or a game ticket into your wallet. Your Starbucks card. You click that add the wallet button. That's it. And now the beauty part is that's now your identity with the brand. Mm -hmm. That's now scannable at any point of sale. It can be your customer ID. It can be a discount. It's now a new channel. So now brands have the ability to do push notification and stay out of those fraudulent channels and highly regulated channels of email that are overused. Thousand emails at 8 a.m. for all your promotions. How are you doing that? You're scanning through your email when you go to the store. But now it gives marketers the ability to do highly personalized. I think we have the most personalized messaging around because it's triggered by location. It's triggered by proximity. So now because we're integrated into the brand systems. If they walk by a store, if they go to a website, we can have a push notification notify them that, hey, you have a $50 gift card and that product's in your cart. Why don't you come in and talk with Sally, your personal stylist, we can now do it. So it's a different kind of level, but also it works with partner and collaboration stores. So if we see a lot of collaborations happen, Gap does a lot, Estee Lauder does a lot, Mac Cosmetics. Everybody does a lot of these collaborations, but it doesn't really come to life. This, you can ring a transaction in another store. You can understand that cross-channel journey. CPG companies, this is amazing because this can actually identify how much traffic in your loyal customers going into the supermarket stores and how popular end aisle displays because of the proximity. 
piece to this. I think this is the new way that customers want to engage. And we own that ability because that click of the ad wallet creates their account automatically. There's no crypto involved. They get it into their wallet, but we do everything in that NFT. We orchestrate that and then all the data points on location, on usage, on activity, go right back into a brand CRM so that they can actually do highly personalized engagement and experience items no matter where the customer is and add levels and dimensions to the loyalty programs such as in real life scavenger hunts, in real life pricing and promotions that are scannable from an operational nature at stores. So now that utility or that empty utility that's being promised today, we're actually an executable utility that's doable from an operational standpoint in your 10,000 stores. So it seems like that add to wallet capability or like that first step is kind of like the opt-in, is that safe to say? And that's what really unlocks it? Well, that's the beauty it. part about it is that we actually adhere to every known GDPR, CCPA opt-in because we're going with the Apple and Google wallet. So You have to. <laughs> yeah, because the know your customer, the KYC, we're the only ones that can guarantee it. Yeah. Everyone else, it still relies on email mm -hmm. and your customer care can service this account. So if anyone forgets it, they're not like that guy in England searching for his $150 million worth of Bitcoin in the garbage because he forgot his 12 <laughs> passcodes. But it's it's wrapped in the brand. So right. it's their experience. It's their card that feeds into their system and powers loyalty, powers Omni, powers that customer journey. I've yeah. been searching for this for 10 years. Yeah. So you just partnered with someone who made it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when that seems doubt, like the right? easiest way to do it. But <laughs> I mean, I talked to Ron Thurston. and I talked to Matt Marcote. Right, because giving up a brand, giving up your associates, I love that. Yeah. So to switch over to the vendor side was an incredibly difficult decision for me because I, I love stores. I love that experience. I love that storytelling. Mm -hmm. So I was very hesitant to come over on the vendor side. And now this is for sure that we have a booth at, and it's incredibly humbling of experience. We're seeing all these friends, all these partners, all my old CIO buddies are all stopping by, saying yeah. hi and supporting. It's honestly, it's very like a humbling kind of moment, really pivotal for us. My team's done a fantastic job. They're amazing. They've they've really done an amazing job communicating this to the to everyone that stopped down our booth. We've been crowded for the last two days. Right. It's been incredibly exciting. And your CIO buddies, any skeptics that you've had to like walk through this with Always. in more detail and like Always. Right, because that's, that's part of the point of this. They give yeah. you a hard time, which is the yeah. fun part. Like really, but because you know man, them, they give really? you an extra hard time, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, well, why Web3 when I can do this in a database, right? Why right. this when that, right? Yep. And I think there's a progression of this technology. It's a crawl, walk, run, right? Yes, you can do some of it in a database, but that's not the point because you can't, right? right. The ownership on the customer is what you're missing. In fact, you can engage a customer anywhere else and not worry about okay, my data's in Nordstrom, my data's in here, my data's here. The customer owns it all. Mm -hmm. They're enhancing their own experience, and I think they're allowing the brand to do it, which is the biggest unlock to this technology. Blockchain's the future, I think, for how we're going to engage with customers from a highly personalized way, which is where technology's moving to. Yeah, I have to emphasize, too, for the folks listening, the mention of ownership pretty consistently and control throughout mm -hmm. the conversation, because yeah. We hear so much like, oh, the customer's in control, the customer's in the driver's seat, blah, 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 blah. But so much of the applications or the real life tactics that are being implemented by retailers are still very much push in nature. Yeah. Very much like, this is what it is, like, deal with it. This is what it is. Don't. Your data is with how many different brands that you want to experience for. I don't want to answer that for. because it's probably too many. It's challenging, right? That's, I mean, CIOs get scared every year, every time we have to sign these compliance documents, right? Right. We don't want PII in our systems, right? This technology is the future. I think it's getting there, right? I think right now the market sets still these images that mean something, right? I think bringing value, bringing utility, and I think the best thing about every Web3 person, because I don't want to seem like it's down all the time, 
The one thing I absolutely love about all these Web3 folks that it wasn't the case with the spark of the internet is that no one really focuses on this can increase ROI, blah, 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 blah. They're like, mm -hmm. look at the value we can show your customer. This technology is all centered in customer-centric value. How can the brand show their appreciation? How can they engage their consumer wherever they are? How can they fit in that life cycle? And I think that's the fundamental difference of this technology and why it emerged and why I'm like, yes, I can leave my valued brands, my valued associates, their storytelling, because I need to pursue this. This right. is something that I've been searching for. I need to bring it to the world. And I have an amazing team that's been helping the entire time. Will is a incredibly amazing person that really innovated this whole tech. You know, the team's amazing. I have an amazing team growing. I can't say it enough. It's, I'm honored to work with them. Yeah. So throughout our conversation, we have talked about... There's a robot attacking us. I know. <laughs> it has still you can't hasn't make this stuff up, a, folks. It, it still hasn't brought me a coffee, by the way. Still waiting on it. That's a new algorithm. They're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> to your point around your CIO roots, your CEO peers, but you also have background in stores, and we've talked about marketing. So this whole vision and concept, this touches everything, right? Like different functions. Like I'm going to simplify this by bringing back a question I asked you at D2. One, did I not answer it properly? No, at I think you did, but <laughs> these people listening are probably not at D2, so I want to spread the wealth, I guess. One, who should own something like this? Like, who's the owner, who's the key investor or stakeholder? And two, who needs to be involved to do this well or successfully? So I think there's a couple aspects to that, right? I think right now in the Web3 community, they refer to things as projects, right? right? And we refer to things as lifetime value. Mm -hmm. right, in general with, with Bamboo. The projects that we do and the projects in Web3 that we've helped do with our studios, everyone has to get involved because, once again, this is not just a single quick thing. I think brands need to consider their voice, their culture, their DNA. So the digital team needs to get involved. The marketing team needs to get involved. If there's any activation on the website, if there's any activation in store or on social, those teams need to get involved. Yep. From the finance perspective, from the different elements of the company perspective, this isn't just a, hey, let's do something quick. There's no cost to do a digital product. But that's the problem. What does it mean? Right. Right? Brands and customers, yes, this technology is new. Yes, we want a check mark on our you know, bonus structure for the year to do something. But it's got to have a story, a cohesive approach. You can't just do something and let the customer fall off. Because that's a utility that never comes. That's a challenge with the stuff from the very beginning. Right. So I think getting the team together, brands need to take their time. There's no rush on this. Technology is getting better every single day. And they need to do something that really blends with their culture, their voice, their DNA, and something that the customer perception of it is going to be like, yes, that's an elevated experience. It's something that means something to me. And I think right. that's the difference between a successful one and one that just kind of like, oh, wow, that brand did something great. You know, mm -hmm. I think it has to fit in something and it has to prove value and value over time, not just a one and done kind of approach. And I think that's where we bring this to the table because we're giving the brands different elements of value to bring to the relationships. Got it. So to set a foundation, there needs to be a clear strategy or, or clear vision of what exactly you're trying to accomplish because that's the only way you can ensure that there's utility and there's value yeah. behind it. Ongoing value for the customer. Right. It's got to be a concise story of why the brand is doing this. Otherwise, it's confusing. Right. You know, I think taking that user or that consumer on that journey of value and appreciation and relationship, tying that in with your core experiences as it is, 
that's the best way to do it. This is no different than any other highly experienced item that you would put on your website or in store from an activation standpoint. Every single piece matters. Right. And like any digital or omni strategy, it's not like I said, and forget a thing. Like, oh, this is our Web3 strategy. This is it no, forever. It needs to like constantly be Constantly iterating. dynamic, yeah. right? One of our customers calls it a lab, right? So we just mm, launched like Health that. Cosmetics. They call it a lab because this is changing over time. This technology is changing. But they want to take their customers, their loyal customers, on a journey of value. And right. I think that's the biggest piece. Right. Excellent. So we've talked about a lot. Yes. And we've talked about the evolution of Web3 and the work that Bamboo Meta specifically is doing, who should be involved. A lot for folks to chew on and think about, I think, especially as Web3 continues to be a big topic. I mean, it's a big topic at this show. You know, Roblox spoke, which I heard a lot of great yeah. things about. So do you have any final thought starters or, or even inspiration? for the folks listening around like what is really possible or even just to make it a little less scary for the folks that want to jump in. Yeah, I'd say a lot of things we do is educate, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a change in mindset of the brands from turning value from a transactional standpoint into an experience standpoint and realizing that they can now engage their consumer rich experiences, rich value anywhere. Right. And I think open it up to collaborations, right? Open up your loyalty points, have a different concept of how to value your relationships. I think once they get over that hurdle, it opens up the world to a whole new, whole new thing. And it builds that closer bond with the customer, a stronger one, the refer friend one, where they now invite folks and bring it in and grow. And I think that's the future of this, right? Yeah. It's the community aspect. Awesome, Chris. Well, thank you again so much for sitting down with me and revisiting some of the themes, digging in a little bit deeper. It's such a fascinating time and fascinating space. And it's great to see and hear about the work that uh, Bamboo Meta is doing. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for doing this. You know, I'm incredibly humbled by the whole thing and your questioning always makes me think even more, which I love <laughs> it. So thank you again. Awesome. Well, folks, if you have any follow-up questions for Chris, you may know already he is an avid LinkedIn user. So we will <laughs> continue Sorry. the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We'll tag him in our post as well. So if there are any specific questions or areas you want to dig into, we'll rope him into that so you can get the answers you need. But for now, that is it from us, everyone. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or review on your preferred podcast player. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, frankly, anywhere else we are likely there. So drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.